1: He's high on life. She's high on everything else. It's Mormon and the meth head.
0: Did you just come up with that?
1: Yeah, just right now. Oh, that's right
0: why n- I don't do them because I would be like, "He's uh he's Aaron Woodall, and she's <laughs> <Jess Reed."> <laughs>
1: <laughs> That would be good. That would work. Serve its purpose. Uh, Write me
0: intros. She's
1: fucking them up
0: <laughs> it's mormon and a meth pit. if you put a mormon and a meth Head together this is
1: what they sound like Aaron Woodall and just read our friends listen to them talking to Mike
0: I just never liked people who were into sports, like men. I never liked any men who were into sports because men turn into sports robots during football season, and they go from being funny and capable to carrying conversations to speaking some other language that I don't understand yeah, but with a bunch just of you're names. Not, you're not in on it.
1: Yeah, you're, not it that it. Is, you're yeah. still because they're still being funny. I promise you, all those guys that you love on the internet that make the that make memes that you 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 eat them up all on the off season, they're, they're those same guys are making memes, but now they're about sports. Yeah. <laughs> it's just and you're just like, who's Tony Romo? I don't yeah. get this.
0: <laughs> and I did try to get into football a few times and it just is the one sport where they start and stop and they 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 run for a second and then they stop and talk about it for 20 minutes this
1: is true this is i think that that's very valid
0: and if you and if you look at how i am with everything in life i need you need to be fast everything to be going fast otherwise i get bored but somehow my friendship with you changed my mind hell yeah about sports. <laughs> I'm not like seeking it out, but I went to a Super Bowl game, a Super Bowl party, which I also never did, at uh Brian's house and fucking loved it. Not only did I love it, I watched the game and I told him, I said, I got a few invites, but I want to pick the one that has the least likeliness that I have to actually watch the game. And then I was super into the game and felt like I understood. What was happening? <laughs> <You're> <laughs> and I think there's just something about you that I I respect you so much that I'm so much more open-minded to ideas when you present them that d- the few things that I'm very stubborn on, you say it, and I'm like, I'll consider it more yeah. than when everyone else has tried to explain. Plus, a lot of the stuff that you said about football, you said – Uh, You want to say your arguments? Uh, Sure, sure. But basically,
1: I'm like the.
0: You said the thing about everyone being a part of something at once.
1: Oh, yeah, that is the. So the things I like about sports are shared moments. The, if everyone's experiencing at the same time, you watching the Super Bowl, which, by the way, you got pretty lucky. Some Super Bowls are terribly boring. And you watched uh, uh, an amazing. Yeah, I was like, oh, I can watch this everything shit. Everything happened. It was, it was yeah. a very, very cool game. And everyone was watching the same thing at the same time. And that's. That's fun. It's the same reason I watch the Oscars. I like that when everybody's commenting on the same stuff. Yeah, when Twitter full up. Yeah, the yeah. same. The same, jo- or not the same. Jo- the jokes about uh, the same thing. Yeah, when they all fill up with the same joke is when it gets very annoying. And you're like, you didn't think to Google this before you tweeted right, them. Right, right. Come on, everyone's done it already. But when people are making Memes and yeah. stuff about you know we're, we're all making jokes or the same and, I, and and we're all connected because we're all watching the same thing at the same time. That feels very cool. Then you also have like a little bit more localized experience too when it's just you're connected to other fans. Right, this is our city, our team, and that sense of unity is interesting to me. The storylines are are fun in sports. It's just like watching any other show. Where sports has that same storyline, right? And uh, or that aspect of storylines. I mean, as other shows, and like the NBA is fantastic. First of all, if you you need to watch something that doesn't stop as much, the NBA doesn't stop I as like much. Hockey. It's a little bit hockey's even better than hockey, yeah. yeah. Hockey is. Ooh. I don't like
0: want to watch it, like seek it out to watch it. I don't like TV really.
1: That's true. But still, I was just saying I like the NBA. It's faster, but the storylines are amazing. There's all there's so many there's so many storylines of, of players that that don't like each other and they're like playing against each other, or a player has to go back to his old city and play his old team for the yeah. first time, or the rookie is making his first start. There's a bunch of that's fun. It's fun to watch all that unfold. I do like that. It's kind of live and yeah. authentic and it feels, uh, feels the game cool.
0: itself feels like run honest. And uniform like video games,
1: no one talks about you know uniform. I love me a good uniform. I just I love to sit and talk about like which. Which colors are the best? Like I, when when Nike unveils a new uniform, you're like, oh god damn, this is a good one. You know, yeah. I like that shit. I yeah, like you all showed
0: that. me a bunch of cool uniforms that apparently uh, they don't wear at the Super Bowl, but um, where they just have a uh, was it Tuesday nights? <laughs> Tuesday nights. Who are the coolest Thursday? Th- no Thursday
1: color rush. You're talking oh, Thursday color yeah. color rush Thursdays. Those are yeah. great uniforms. That's There's a really weird. good marketing tool that they yeah. use.
0: Um, but what there's else a I lot change things, mind about? there's a lot of things, uh, that you have had a profound effect on my life in a short amount of time. The big one, I guess, I guess a lot of them are big, but the, the first one I noticed was we were at big sky in October and Oh, before big sky, we were doing a show together and we hadn't seen each other since in three years. Mm -hmm. And, and we were like Facebook friends, whatever. But, so I felt like we were homies through Facebook and through being Big Sky alumni. But, uh, you weren't like super familiar, you know? And so we sat down and you put your hand on my leg when you were talking to me and you just did it as like a, um just like a way that you connect when you talk normal shit that most people don't notice. But uh, I usually notice that like ordinarily that'd be putting off alarms in my head and I wouldn't say anything to you cause I wouldn't want to make you feel weird cause I know it's my thing. But I would like gently move my leg. Uh, so uh, just like laugh at it, you know, and then move so that you couldn't um, touch me anymore. And I just you were talking and I just sat there staring at your hands on my knee and was thinking consciously thinking like Why isn't that freaking me out? And it doesn't mentally freak me out. It makes my body crazy and this started this thing It makes your body physically crazy. Yeah, how long was my hand on your knee for the duration of the story? Probably
1: That sounds like an uncomfortably long time we anyone. were,
0: it was loud, there's music, you were leaned in, telling me, we're mm. sitting in chairs next to each other.
1: Because every time you told me the story, I just imagined that it was just like a little like, oh, hey, like I just t- tapped, and I'm like, oh, hi, and then... Uh, I think it
0: was loud, and we were maybe talking shit, and so you <laughs> leaned in, whispering maybe, a story. Maybe, it's you and me, <laughs> yeah. we were probably talking Definitely shit. Definitely talking shit. <laughs> And you were like, uh, so the whole time that you were kind of leaned in, telling me the story, your hand... Uh, it was, was on, it was on my knee. knee And it wasn't anything creepy or anything It was just Well very now I feel bad
1: After the, like Becoming better friends with you and Gabe I, I'm like Am I always touching people And am I always invading people's personal space Because I don't think about it But to hear the story I'm like That's an uncomfortably long time To have your hand on someone's knee man You I, should be more respectful of their space I think spaces. it was
0: totally organic to the situation And I don't think that most people I think most people experience touch As something cool and in uh, hypnosis we would call the anchoring. Uh so anchor I, on the
1: track. That's what I do.
0: Is that what you're doing?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm doing. It's what I'm doing. Um I like how the, the like uh you I changed your mind in uh in being touched, but you unfortunately changed my mind to like, "Oh, I shouldn't touch people anymore. I shouldn't do that."
0: Yeah. So what happened from that was uh, uh, I touched you a lot that week. (laughs) We stood really close to each other and uh, stuff. We hugged. We did. We hugged. I asked you for a hug. Yeah, the next night you asked me for a hug. And I was like, okay, he needs a hug.
1: Because I knew that that you uh, needed to be asked.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You were like, can I have a hug right now? We were talking about uh, very emotional uh, things. This was the night that we broke down your childhood trauma.
1: Yeah, that was... Oh, fuck. Yeah, it was the night that I... I, Yeah, I told you that uh, my sister molested me. Yeah. And I asked you for a hug afterwards. And you did it. Yeah. and You
0: actually asked me for a hug in the middle of it. And you said, I need a second. Can I have a hug? And I was like, all right, he needs a hug. We hug. And I was like, this feels good. Not like romantic. And
1: normally it wouldn't. This would not. I would be doing this for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: I, I can mentally brace for it. So then I... Then you asked for another hug, and then I caught myself sitting there hoping, you would ask for more hugs. And at one point, you had like made your way from across the room on a couch. You were just—I was on a couch, laying on a couch, and you were kneeling next to the couch, kind of like, oh, your body up, like your arms up on the couch. Uh huh. And I liked it, and I didn't like it like uh, junior hires finding their way closer to each other. Although that's fun. Which I'd love. I yeah, love that. I yeah. love that me, too. That's anything
1: junior high. That's all I'm yeah,
0: about. <laughs> yeah. No, this wasn't a romantic flirtatious anything like that. This was, you were having this very emotional whatever that I've walked a million people through there. Uh, I've had I've had the me being me in that situation a million yeah. times. But at the same time, I was like, why do I want this dude to touch me? And then. Uh, because the, you've, you've told me
1: that like you don't understand how people find comfort in touch.
0: Yeah. That's what it was. It was comforting. And wasn't sexual. And this was the first time yeah.
1: that someone that, that you well, at least in a while first time in a while yeah. that you felt comfort through touch. So yeah, you were just like, I want some more of this. This is yeah. why this is why everyone likes this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, this is and that's what you did. So the the issue with me hugging my oldest daughter is I don't know how to provide comfort, an issue that we've discussed, I think, in a different podcast, where uh, I'd only hugged my oldest daughter uh, five times maybe, and it's always so awkward, and it's always when she really needs me to provide comfort through touch, and I fuck it up every time because I'm I'm trying to physically do something that requires an emotional, open, vulnerable connection, and I don't know how to do that because it's never comforting for me.
1: Right, yeah. You're, you are a blind man trying to describe a sunset. You're like, I don't know. Yeah. I, so like, I don't Is this
0: what you want? And so it feels exactly what it is, which is just awk as fuck. Yeah. So you, I felt comfort with you physically touching me. It not only did the alarms not go off, but it felt good. So the whole time I'm talking to you about you got molested as a kid. I'm saying the things I would ordinarily say in that situation, kind of walking you through that. My mind is going a million miles a minute. Like why did this person just get like, why where's all the, the feelings, the anxiety, the everything that I have when my kids touch me, when my husband touched me, when everyone touched me, why am I not having that right now? And, uh, I end up just like telling you at dinner, uh, or like, you know, whatever, a coffee or something. A couple of days later, I don't know what the deal is with you, but like I want you to touch me. I know that sounds sexual, it's not. Uh, I just, and I hadn't even articulated how weird I am about touch, so it probably just sounded like, fuck me please. But it really was like, I think I feel what everyone feels with everyone. And I'd asked you before, because you would say that you would like snuggle with Tinder chicks. And it's like, uh, I can't even have sex with people. I used to be this huge whore, but I also drank and did drugs. Now that I'm sober, I have had an open marriage for a grip. And I've been... I could get fucked. I just... You have to touch me to get there. And that it's like a kissing and rubbing up against each other. It's like that's so much painful experience I have to get to... Yeah.
1: So I wrote this thing about how I... I needed someone like to fall asleep with. I needed to recreate that. I just like to be able to touch someone. Yeah. And you were like, how the hell do you do that? What do you mean? What do you mean? You find comfort. You could touch anyone. You yeah. just need
0: someone in your bed. to Anyone go to sleep? could do that. And, and that, that sounds like, like a nightmare. <laughs> or you'd say that you want to be held when you're sad. And I a, can't relate to that. And B was like, but anyone can do that. Cause at this point I'm like, okay. Well, I guess maybe Aaron holding me while I'm sad, but that really hasn't been the uh, even as much as I like you touching me. I uh, usually when I'm sad, I get
1: yeah, be touched while you're sad. is completely different. I mean, yeah. let's, let's conquer one thing at a time. Yeah, yeah. I get
0: my bot, I get real. Uh, even though like I want the connection, I don't want the the touch. Yeah. Um, but I was like, wait, just r- randos could hold you while you're sad and that would be comforting to you? Yeah. That's crazy. It feels good when someone's skin touches your skin. It feels <sighs> good. <That's> so crazy. <laughs> so you were the first person that I ever felt good hugging. And as a result, over all these months, I was able to hug. I guess I should put them. I was, I hugged my daughter and gave her her first comforting hug. She said afterwards, that's Your oldest f- daughter. Yeah, that's the first time you've ever comforted me. Like, that you've ever given me a comforting hug. I then go back to my dad and tell him the story. And he was like, uh, Didn't understand what I meant. Cause he was like, Well, you, you hug, you comfort people with hugs for them. And I was like, I don't refuse hugs. I don't tell people not to hug me. I'm always doing it for them, though. I'm never hugging anyone for myself. No,
1: what your dad said was sometimes sometimes the hug is for them. And you were like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's always for it's, them. What do
0: you mean sometimes? Yeah. Do you mean sometimes it's for you? you wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. I'm never doing it for me, uh, but it's awkward. It feels like what it is, which is I don't know how to make you feel good with this. And because I had experienced a comforting uh, hug with you, I mean, I've had months of when we see each other. There's physical touch as part of the relationship. I understand it. Like I've I've learned to speak this language with you that has started to affect. Because now I'm not like reject. My body isn't rejecting hugs. Like there's a there's a wall that has come down because of you where my body is like, Oh, okay, this is okay. This is okay. I can do this. And then now I get it. And so it's starting to change. And then I feel weird putting this one after these huge things. Cause then I gave my dad a hug the next day that he was like, I've never felt a loving hug from you before. I've never felt a connection with you during hugs. And I've spent so much time thinking about, uh,
1: what people, people say, or they said about old Jess. Now maybe you're totally different. Uh, that you log off.
0: That I log out of my body. You
1: log out of your body when they hug you. Yeah. That it just, it feels like you just kind of uh, turn off. Yep,
0: I do. I then exactly cu- and then
1: off. uh Yeah, and then after the hug's over, you're like, reboot. You're like, yeah, I'm back.
0: That's the best description of me in hugs. So
1: your dad was basically saying this was the first time I hugged you and you stayed in your body. I stayed in my body. stayed there for it.
0: And then I got, I've that was at the airport and then I flew home and initiated a hug with my mom. I wasn't even consciously thinking about this stuff where I think ordinarily when I hug people, I have to consciously think about it. And so I, um, then I went on a Tinder date recently and we hung out and talked, whatever. I was like, I'm never going to see this guy again, but he was hot. I was attracted to him and I just, I also never kissed anybody. And so I leapt I was still very aggressive, but it wasn't aggressive still just to get the out of, style. Still very aggressive. I might just be very aggressive. Yeah, man. Uh, and, um, but he was doing the in and out of the car, like trying to get out of the car, but not trying to get out of the car too fast thing. The, should we kiss or whatever thing. I was driving him okay. to his car. Okay. And I just grabbed him, started making out with him, hopped to the center Consul? console of the car and just made out and you were on top of him. I was on top of him. I, more uh, yeah. pulled my sh- I also never liked anyone. I oh. pulled my shirt off or push, put, sh- put him under my shirt, mm. I think. Mm. <laughs> and then, uh, anyway, I still gave him aggressive blowjob, but it was yeah. like, <laughs> it was like not to get out of. There's something very cold about the aggressive blowjobs where I'm just trying to get out of the thing
1: mm. You don't want, cause, Yeah, you don't want to do sex suits.
0: Yeah, so I'm just trying to s- just suck their dick fast. And, but uh, this was a,
1: a loving, comforting blowjob? No,
0: this was what I was so into it. Because I was so... And he probably thought I, he was hot. I was attracted to him. But he probably thought that this was this very passionate experience for some reason other than I was so excited. So I'm just like rubbing his whole body while I'm sucking his dick and like pulling on his shirt. Because oh, I'm just fun. like... None of the like I have my hands up in his hair and I'm just like, I'm loving sucking. I'm so into it because I'm like, none of his body feels like I'm being poisoned or electrocuted by it. And I'm just like rubbing on his legs and grinding into his legs while I'm sucking his dick.
1: And meanwhile, he's thinking, man, I'm so hot. Yeah. (laughs) Women love me.
0: And I was like, this is like (laughs) fucking I can touch this person. Uh, yeah. And then afterwards I was just back to being Jessa. Cause then I just hopped up and, um, there were a million people trying to get the parking spot that I was in cause the car was hot. (laughs) 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 Were you in a parking spot? (laughs) I was just parked on the street. There were were people b- are people like, you double
1: parked? Like, are you blocking the street? No, I'm
0: in a spot but my car's on. So they think I'm going to leave. Oh, <laughs> and they're waiting for the spot. There's people on the street, which anyone that knows me, please. Can we fuck in public? Like, please. Can people be walking by? Can we almost be getting caught? Can it be a bathroom and a busy Starbucks where people are waiting to get in? Like, mm. please fuck me in public. Like, <laughs> goddamn. So I sat up and he was like, Oh, fuck. Uh, cause that's what happened. He noticed how many people were totally watching us, <laughs> totally watching me, it's like a sick. And then I got up and was like, "That's actually really hot, but I'm t- I'm done now." And so I I just hopped up and got in the front seat. And then he didn't. He was in the back, just like fuck, fuck. Uh, and so what you chauffeured him? <laughs> so then I let I got I just had to drive him back to his car. And so then I like stopped a couple times, and then finally was like. Am I going to like Uber you back yeah. to your car? <laughs> <laughs> Or you want to get up here and he was like, sorry, my pants are. S- s- fuck. Uh, fuck. And then he just didn't make any sentences the whole way back.
1: <laughs> you fucked him up, Jessa. You should have just found a Vaughn's parking lot to oh. finish the deed in. Uh. Well, I'm glad I could facilitate that. I'm very happy that I could give you that experience. I
0: didn't come, but I felt like I'd come. Like, I felt like I'd (laughs) felt everything that I was going to get out of that experience. And I didn't really care if he. I gave him plenty of time to be done, and he just wasn't. So I was like, it's fine. You're fine. You go home and jerk off to this. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking. uh, Definitely go home and jerk. He was very young, too. Uh, uh, Right in my. That's PC, one of the things I think about when I don't come
1: and like people are sad for me. And I'm like, I don't know. I just think, go, I go home and then I relive this experience. Yeah. And I jerk off that. Like, I, I feel like I get a nice two. Not to say that I couldn't, if I came with you, that I couldn't just still go home and relive it. But for some reason, I don't. I don't. <laughs> but it's like, if, but if you if you leave, if, if I'm left hanging, you know, I'm like, oh. Well, oh, that's just, another like, thing. I can't wait to get home so that I can uh live this all over again. Yeah. I think about I think about I'm like mm, 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 mm.
0: You changed my mind about whether the I used to think that you have to the man has to come, you know. And uh yeah, you man, changed I'm my mind about
1: breaking stereotypes and changing the the world's perspective. Ah Thank God for me and my bravery. Yeah, yes. And,
0: uh, I'm sure none of the guys that I end up fucking after this will feel that way because now I'm like, oh, I'm done now, so I don't care if you are. <laughs> Welcome totally to being fi- a woman.
1: Yeah, it's totally <laughs> fine. It's totally fine. Whenever I, whenever you feel like being done with sex, announce that to your partner. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be like, Or no, we're ah,
0: just hop in the front seat.
1: Just hop in the front seat and drive them home. They'll get the idea.
0: So, like, I've changed your mind, though, about a bunch of... Nothing at all. Nothing ever.
1: Uh, you have changed my mind about eating. Yeah. <laughs> I eat less. You, I, I don't... I not, I'm not a healthy eater yet, but I, am, I eat healthier than I did before I met you. Yeah. Yeah. you And you also... Oh, that... I just... In general... I'm so much more aware of my body. Like I can, let's see, how can I put this into words? Like I, I, I think I am so much better at telling like, like when you have, when your body, your body sends you signals, yeah. your body tells you things. And I never knew that. I never listened to it. Uh, and like knowing when you're full is one of those things. Yeah. And I, I, th- I thought you told me once about like your hypnosis thing and how, uh, people in America are like taught from a young age to overeat and yeah. that hy- hypnotists work a lot with helping people. And I thought about that. I'm like, I eat myself sick. Constantly. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. I do. I eat so much. And I just finish my plates, though. Like, I, I, I'm I, not hungry anymore, but there's food left, and I keep eating it. And uh, why? You were the first person that made me feel like, why do I do that? Yeah. And uh, I think some of it had to do with money, which is another thing that you've changed my mind on. Like, the, I think fi- finishing your plate is is tied to like i don't know was it everyone's I, i'm assuming everyone felt the same way about their dad as i did where i was just like my dad worked so hard <laughs> to provide for this food and i have to eat it all that's you know that's how my dad was like don't waste that yeah that that, that costs money you better yeah. eat that that's on your plate you better eat it right and uh so but i but like a lot of it too was just not listening to my body and, like, hear, like, hearing, like, okay, this is what my stomach feels like when it's full. Right. This is what my stomach feels like when I should stop eating. But I can also recognize uh, specific pains in my body now. Like, I can feel where, like, certain muscles, where I just feel like, oh, my arm hurts. Yeah. Like, I can, I could, I remember one night laying in bed and feeling I uh, had this pain in my shoulder and... Uh, that, that night I'd started getting pain in the palm of my hand and in my elbow. And I feel like I would have in the past thought they were unrelated, but I, I could feel how it was all, I could feel the pain going from that pulled muscle in my shoulder blade down into my elbow and hand. And I Googled it. And I looked it up and there, there was this nerve that, uh, shoots off and like, uh, goes down your arm. And if you, if you pull that, that, if you've got a pinched nerve back there on your shoulder blade, you can have that's this pain in your, uh, elbow and in the palm of your hand and, I just I, this is a, bit a, a, a dumb example probably, but it was it, it was really cool to me where yeah. I was like oh I just I could feel my body more and this is some of this kind of hippie shit that you get got me into and you talk a lot about things you put into your body that I normally would reject that anyone said any there's a lot of stuff that you say that if another person said I immediately just would have laughed them off and be like okay all right right <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah Aliens. same yeah okay yeah. but uh. I I listened to you more. And so I'm like, yeah. I mean, that's not a bad point about the kind of food that I'm eating and, and, and stuff. Uh, you got me to, you were like, you try to get me off gluten, which I'm still not yet. Yeah. (laughs) But you're like, listen to your body. Like, just notice how you, uh, feel after you eat gluten and versus how you feel after you don't. And I, it's, it's slowly changing my taste. There's there's certain food that doesn't uh, isn't as appealing anymore. Yeah. And there's sometimes where I'm just like, oh, I'm really I can tell that my body needs salad. I need to eat some lettuce.
0: <laughs> yeah, I used to believe that I had chronic fatigue, and uh, my body I could not maintain a healthy weight. I was so overweight always, and I would have to yo-yo diet to get it off. And then I have IBS and I, my digestive system doesn't work. I went to doctors for the IBS, went to doctors for the chronic fatigue. They don't have fucking solutions for any of this stuff. Their cure for IBS is uh, constipation. IBS is pills that give you diarrhea IBS. <laughs> and it was through my own uh, research. It was actually through uh, Breastfeeding Phoenix and her having gas And somebody said, take dairy out of your diet. I took dairy out of my diet just so she would stop crying. And then IBS got a little bit better. And through that, I went in, looked into, uh, and this is where I I tuned into my body and learned so much stuff that we think is a disease is just an imbalance caused by you're doing something. They're all correlated. Why would it not be correlated? Also, it's literally just the fuel you're putting in your body your body has to run like a machine. Why would you put garbage in as fuel and expect to get anything other than tired and sick? I say with no voice. <laughs> but I watch you eat gluten. I'm not like everyone should quit gluten. But I watch you eat gluten and then I watch your belly swell out. All right, get distended. It swel- t- t- all right, I don't mean okay. fat. I mean swell out like there's gas in it on the top which is what happens with people who shouldn't eat gluten, eat gluten, and then you're tired and want to take a nap. And I'm just like, hey, you know what? I bet your shit would be real different if you just didn't eat gluten for 30 days straight. Just try it. And I've told several people to try it, and I don't know, I know one person out of so many people who are, who at the end of that, some of them went back to eating gluten.
1: How many Wait, You told a bunch of people to try it. Did they you all know, try it? at least 10 it?
0: people who have tried it. Almost my entire family, extended family, is gluten-free. My one I sister...
1: That many people to try it. I don't want to go 30 days without eating gluten. There's so many good things that I like. That but like,
0: it's weird because your body craves whatever's in it. So if you can just get through that initial detox, That's the true. desire for gluten to go away. Also, gluten... Uh, I used to drink soda
1: yeah, constantly. Exactly. Exactly. So all the time. And then one day I just stopped and then didn't want it anymore. Yeah. It was, just, it was like, well, not it wasn't that fast. Yeah. But suddenly I was like, I don't even like soda. I don't want it. But you know what happened? I started I started smoking weed and now I drink soda again. Yeah. Because when I would get high, I'd be like, fuck. And I would Bubbles. walk to a, I would just like walk to a, a gas station to buy a soda. And that's a gateway drug. That's they are, It's exactly a gateway drug.
0: It leads to you to more soda. soda. So imagine, though, that your body can't process gluten. And it is trying to run a machine to handle the things that you wanted to handle during the day. And then you eat something that it now has to spend all of its energy trying to process this thing that not everyone's body can't have, but specifically your body can't have. And so now your body has to waste all of its energy. It first of all didn't get good energy out of the food you ate. Now it has to waste all of its energy processing this food. So you got to go take a nap. I don't know that that's science. Just saying that's what makes sense to me. And I do things according to what makes sense to me. Y'all can go get your fucking information about how life works for somebody else. (laughs) Oh my God. But you've had so many
1: fights about this. I'm sensing a lot of defensiveness. People are so
0: passionate about shitting on people that don't eat gluten. Here's the deal. I don't give a fuck if you read an article on Facebook that said that gluten sensitivity is bullshit. If I eat gluten, I have to do five enemas (laughs) before I have the hope of shitting again on my own. (laughs) So there's my peer-reviewed study. (laughs) Fucking cocksuckers. (laughs) I don't give a fuck. Can we please stop being smug about science? Science is a work in progress. I'm sorry you don't have one fucking accomplishment in your life that you can be smug about, so you have to be smug about science, which is the weirdest fucking thing to be self-righteous about. Also, we only know what we know today, and it all fucking changes tomorrow. So don't give a fuck that you feel cool shitting on people with you cool lucky for you your kids don't have allergies i don't give a fuck my kids don't eat gluten because they were throwing up all the fucking time and i was trying anything i didn't eat gluten but they still ate gluten because i'm not a psycho (laughs) and then finally it was like why do these kids get the stomach flu all the time oh because they're slightly constipated why are they slightly constipated motherfucking gluten again so now everybody shits nobody throws up I don't give a fuck what you think about me not eating gluten. <laughs> Everything's coming out of the right end.
1: <laughs> that's good. That's great. That's
0: fantastic. <laughs> but I don't think everyone. I don't. I don't believe that nobody should eat gluten. Sure, but I if just makes think you, you feel have, better if it makes you, you feel have healthier. symptoms that I have had, and that's why I thought, "What's it going to hurt to try it for thirty days?" Right. So that's it. Uh, I just
1: I love me eating certain things and uh, cheese was
0: so much harder for me. It yeah, because I found out it was dairy and glu- and and gluten and cheese, but all my entire diet was cheese and bread. It was just uh, cheese on top of bread, yeah, cheese cheesy, under bread, bread cheese and bread, cheese. pizza. Mm, I love cheese so much. much. Pizza, God, yeah. And Long, now stretchy now, cheese.
1: did you? I did you know that there was a time when. I've actually done it twice, twice uh in recent months uh, where uh Ethan wanted to eat pizza for dinner and I didn't want like I was like, that just doesn't sound good to me. It just doesn't sound good and so that and then I was like, oh, wait, I have an idea maybe yeah, you know what does sound good is a gluten free pizza. I ordered. I've ordered two wow. gluten-free pizzas from like Papa John's, <laughs> uh, and, and like made Ethan eat the gluten-free. He doesn't know. He yeah. To, so it's got cheese because I can still eat cheese. I'm yeah. not Le- I don't yes. have like these uh, this abomination of a pizza that you make, but yeah. getting the gluten-free crust, I and I felt better. Like yeah, I don't. You feel, feel like I light. Afterwards. I don't feel as. Uh, yeah. I don't feel as fat. I don't feel as yeah. heavy. Yeah. Uh, you also changed my mind about money. If I could go back to that. Yeah. 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 The uh, I. I grew up like I, you know, my dad is working class and he worked uh, really hard and money was spent really fast. And that's just always a, a source of frustration for him, you know, and I feel like he talked so much to us about money and saving money. And don't spend money. Be thrifty. Be cheap. You know, you know, anytime my mom spent money on anything, my dad'd be like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like she wants to take us on a vacation somewhere. And he's like, well, how much is that going to cost? I don't know why we have to go there. We can make memories here, you know, know, all this kind of stuff. And I, so that's the kind of realism that I was raised with. And I felt that way. And I just was very just grounded in thriftiness. But to the point where it it was I never spent money on myself to um, to do things that made me happy. Instead, I just held on to the money because I felt like I needed it to live. Like I had to, I got to pay rent and all this stuff, right? And you have a philosophy about money. Can you just say? I always think I, think I fuck it up. We, we live in an infinite. There's resources. There's yeah. We live in a, just an a abundant. And we live in an abundant universe with infinite resources. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh yeah, we live in an infinite universe, sure. But you're like, we we resources are infinite in this universe. That's the key. And if you spend money, uh, you'll just make more. Any you you just have this attitude of like you can get more money at any time you want. And I was like, I do, I can't. What? What? And that that little shift has has made me so much happier. I just do not – I still get stressed from time to time, but for the most part – I am so much more relaxed about my finances and it just leaves room for me to be happy. And then I also am like because I'm uh, like I'm happy and I'm also I'm happy because I'm spending money on things that make me happy. Me and Ethan are going to go see uh, another movie because we feel like it, you know, and I don't care how much got. we're going to go eat some food. Let's go get some good food. Let's go. Let's instead of ordering off the dollar menu at McDonald's, let's go to a steakhouse and spend money on good food and Like go out and enjoy myself. Like and I, I, am. I used to just be. Well, I was also depressed and stuff. But I was just like miserable and grumpy all the time. And uh, this was one really important way that that helped me shift into a much happier lifestyle. Where I'm just like, I'm not gonna beat myself up over doing something that makes me happy. Just the, that's why you're here. That's yeah. Why you're here is to uh, is to live. To go make experiences. So if you would be happy buying a fifty dollar dinner tonight, I still haven't ever done that. <laughs> I'm like i I've kept out of like thirty four ninety nine. That's probably the. Most. But if, like, if if a fifty dollar dinner is gonna make you happy, then get it.
0: Yeah, do it. I think if you believe the point of life is survival, that's all you're ever gonna experience. People have this; they eke out their existence just trying to survive. And they, but they just have this fantasy that one day they're going to win the lottery. And it's like, you're never going to experience an abundant life when you only focus on lack and you believe in lack. And my mom was very poverty mentality and still somehow is. And my mom will be like, I like these chips, but these chips are a dollar more. And I eat four bags a month. So that's $4 more a month where I'm like, if it's less than 50 bucks, if I like this, but I like this more and this is $50 more, fuck that. And thank God for Jason because Jason really drilled that home. Like it's $20. Who gives a fuck about $20?
1: I did. And now, and it's crazy how much I've changed. uh, But I, because it doesn't seem to make any, like when I took Ethan to Disneyland. Yeah. I bought us fast passes. I don't think the old me would have, even yeah. though it's $20 and made the day so much better. Yeah. So much better. But old me would be like, well, I'm already spending 200 on the the tickets and, oh yeah. And then when I got to the park, I didn't really understand how Disneyland worked. I was like, why would I buy a pass for two different parks? Right. Then you get there and I'm like, oh because there's stuff that I want to do in both parks. Got it, right? So I went ahead and just upgraded our passes to the both park kind. Right. Old me wouldn't have. Old me right. was like, "Well, this is what I bought, so I mean, I've already budgeted that, and uh, we'll just we'll just make we'll just have a fun day in Disneyland. You know, we won't get to do anything in the adventure one. Like, we'll just uh, stay there, and that'll be fine." But I didn't. I just was like, without thinking, I was like, well, of course, let's upgrade. Let's upgrade. Let's get the fast pass. And we had an amazing time. The day was perfect. Uh, we did so much. And it's our first trip ever to Disneyland. And I I can't and I just wasn't stressed about it. Yeah. I feel like uh, Jim Gaffigan's got a great bit that helped me understand my dad. It was like, you remember how your dad was always so mad on every vacation? Yeah. Well, it's because he was mad at how much everything cost, and I was like, oh shit, yeah. that's. Ex- I just thought my dad was mean but yeah. he was just stressed about money constantly and I think uh, we could have all enjoyed him a lot more. He could have enjoyed us more if he didn't care about how much Six Flags really cost, you know? Uh, But, and I want to enjoy stuff more. I want to be happier.
0: And thank God for my dad, because my dad is not poverty mentality at all. So my dad is like, look, you want to do something? Uh, Just figure out how to make more money. Just... You want to go on a vacation? Vacation is going to cost $3,000. Go on the fucking vacation and work more when you get home. Just d- get more money. And Jason was very much that way. Jason's like, all this time spent figuring out how to save money on things and be, not save money like put it in the bank, but be frugal for for what? Figure out how to make more money. Grind. Be ambitious. Look for opportunities. So when I was when I want to stress on money, which is basically never now, I think, and if you if you look at my life on paper right now, it's insane that I'm like, and oh, it'll be fine. It'll be <laughs> fine. It'll be fine. And everywhere we go, everything we do, I'm like, we should run a room so we could record podcasts. And you're like, like nah, I DM her. I was like And I'm like, but we need good podcasts. We make good podcasts in hotel rooms where we control the vibe why would we to save 40 dollars because i get bomb hotel rooms. why would we go risk doing it in someone else's space where it might be noisy like this is worth 40 bucks we'll fucking do half of a show
1: just uh since you brought it up uh you can contribute to our patreon uh oh yeah (laughs) Uh, please, uh, you can find me on Venmo at
0: <laughs> Aaron
1: Woodall, and you can just send you can just send us hotel money if you want to. Uh, Jessa, you got a Venmo? Uh,
0: Jessa Reed comedy, I think. Jessa Reed
1: comedy. to so hit it up, hit 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 it. Would you have a Patreon
0: we, on the way? All right, I had another one though. Um, it was uh, a bunch of them were connected, so. Before you, I could never watch a man cry. (laughs) Like a man having emotions whatsoever, I felt, even though logically I knew that people should process their feelings. Yeah. There was something in it that freaked me out. Like I couldn't like...
1: That's the patriarchy, man. Yeah. That's why we got to smash it. We do have to smash Uh, it. Yeah. No, this is not the first time you told me that, uh, but I... I want. I didn't. I haven't just. It's not like hanging out <laughs> with me is just stop. watching me cry nonstop or something. I just want. Like she saw me cry one time and was like, "Oh, maybe I should challenge the views that I have on men and emotions." But I just. I feel like it sounds. The way we paint our relationship is just like we're we. I pick you up to go to a gig and I'm just like, feeling. <laughs>
0: Because and just as like, tough. well,
1: I guess I better get used to this. They have to just accept your reality. You have to. What how is this in my best interest?
0: <laughs> how is was the non-
1: I well, I could probably uh, use him as a as a fresh water source. These are callbacks
0: uh, from a podcast you're not gonna hear for a month, by the way. <laughs> you don't know that. Yeah, they don't know that. Uh <laughs>
1: uh it's weird that like the next thing Wait. I was gonna say was you've you've helped me oh, that was uh with
0: that. It was my foot on the couch oh
1: right. okay it's weird that the next thing I was going to say was that uh being your friend has given me an increase in self confidence <laughs> and self esteem <laughs> uh, but that's what i that's what I had next you i've I like myself so much more since I met you, like an insane amount uh you it's nice. it's nice to have someone it started out with just comedy right you made me feel better just about like how talented I was as a comic and yeah you think like yeah I I can make it um and then I don't know I just started choosing people compliment me all the time it's not like I haven't heard nice things about myself I just dismiss them yeah out of hand'm I'm just I'm like well they're an idiot they're they don't really know like it's I because of Tabitha I felt like I didn't believe anyone else's compliments. You know? I and then you you start you would say all this nice stuff about me and I'd be like, "Am I?" "Am I?" And it gave me pause and I would think about it and I think in this amount of time my self-esteem I think much highly uh much more highly of myself than I used to.
0: Yeah. You were, everyone like wears a mask, you know, everyone has like the person that they try to uh, show every, the world, you know, that's hiding who they actually are. And some people's masks are more different than who they actually are. You know, there's, there's varying degrees and I can always see both I can see who the person actually is and see what the mask is. And you were the only person I, that I can think of that I was like, why are you wearing such a shitty mask? Like, why are you trying to convince everyone that you're this small, weak man when you are this other thing? It was fascinating to me. I think you believed the mask, but I, I just was i like, I can't. You're the, the strongest, funniest, baddest man in this room. Why are you acting so small? And what's crazy is is that I remembered you from the first Big Sky as a short Mormon. And then when I saw you again, I was like, I do not remember this dude being six, fucking four, or whatever the fuck you are. And after spending a couple days with you, I realized how different you are from what you put out and what you believe about yourself. It was very interesting to me. And uh, I'm glad that you've got a more accurate mask on.
1: Yeah, I am 6'4", by the way. That is... Uh, is it 6'4"? Yeah, 6'4". Six, four, six, six, four. And I... Maybe I... I, <laughs> I suffered from personality dysmorphia. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I truly believed I was shittier than I really was.
0: Because you've had quite a year finding out you have a big dick, a good personality, that you're a good comedian. Oh my God, I didn't even th- Yeah, oh, what
1: a great year for me. Yeah. It's been wonderful. Uh,
0: another one, I guess a better description of the uh, men crying. Also, I don't think that that revelation came from men or like you crying in front of me. I think it came from thinking about how much I liked your Facebook meltdown during the divorce. Oh my God.
1: Someone from the, I saw after a show last night was like, we were all so worried about you back then. And I was
0: like, (laughs) She was. And then I bolted <laughs> in and I was like, no, I was eating that shit up. I was like, shit is fucking hilarious. <sighs> Every I remember there would always be a comment that was like, please stop. And I would I just wanted to always like reply, like, please keep going. But you um are you trying to read my handwriting? Are you making faces because of what it C- says? Cactus PPI.
1: <laughs> and the, d- uh d- d- Dep, dep, de
0: Oh, because when I, when I write, I don't even. If it's a note to myself, I don't even bother writing the word correctly.
1: This is that I could see. That's his weakness. Mm-hmm. Weakness is what you learned from me. <laughs> Good, great. I'm glad you've learned so much about. You're like, oh, so that's what a weak thing looks like. Okay. <laughs> This is uneven ability. Uneven ability. Is that what this is? <laughs> <laughs> don't piss yourself. This is the Homewood
0: Suites' couch. Vulnerability.
1: Vulnerability. <laughs> that's definitely cactus PPI, right?
0: Cautious people. Cautious this people has been a big one. I have always just felt like people who are cautious just don't want to do it. They don't want to do the thing.
1: Yeah. You're like, uh, if why? you
0: wanted it, you would go for it.
1: And, and they're just like, we, before we, before we jump out of this plane, we're just putting our parachute on. And you're like, you bitches don't even want to jump out of this plane. Do no, you? I
0: don't mean that. I don't mean, cause Jason had to pause me a lot mm. to be like, let's make a more informed. That's the thing though. I get accused of, uh, having impulse control. And it's like, no, no, no. It was just in the time that it took you to fucking weigh out the pros and the cons. Like, I'd already done that. I'd already done a background check on everyone involved and I've already done all the research. Like, I've already handled it. It just happened to be in 24 hours. I'm not impulsive. I'm just fast. So I'm not talking about pumping the brakes a little bit to figure things out. I'm talking about people who don't do things that they want because they're afraid. And... I just always felt like that's because they don't want them.
1: So how did I convince you that I still wanted... Just like
0: we have had situations where you just needed to go a little bit slower and take more time to figure things out and like dip your toe in slowly. And because it was at this pace that was so... I just assumed that this was because you didn't actually want to do it. And so you were stalling. And then it just made me think about the way that I judge uh, people, people's time and pace. And also that there were things in your life that you wanted and you hadn't gone after just because you didn't know if you would fail. Well, I
1: think that I got from you. Uh, maybe we're... Do, I think that what well, we've talked about a lot in this uh, friendship, relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is a is this evening out. Yeah. Uh where you and I are we're the same but in opposite ways. Yeah. Is we're yin and yang. We are we're like the opposite pieces of each other. Yeah. And we are just kind of coming back to the middle uh where uh you I'm getting a lot of your strength and you're getting a lot of my vulnerability. Yeah. And and we're evening each other out. I feel like I have lost a lot. I've confronted a lot of fear of success that I have with you where I, I am have confronted things where I'm like, I'm not doing this because I'm scared and I'm scared of putting in work and I'm scared of, of actually getting the results of that work and stuff like all that's all that. And, and I probably still, I think I still retained though my cautiousness, and, and now you're getting some of that good consciousness without, uh, or at least you're learning to appreciate it. I still think that it's, that the, that the fear stuff did hold me back though. Yeah. 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 I do think that I am cautious, but they're abs- you're absolutely right. Like in the way that you judged other people. And that was true for me in certain ways. Yeah.
0: This is one that I wouldn't assimilate, but I, um, just, it opened my mind that, uh, I I wasn't being open minded in that area. I wasn't seeing people's. There have just been experiences in our relationship where you have needed things to go slower than than I did, and because it wasn't going at my pace or even work stuff, I felt like you didn't want to do it or you were never going to do it, you know. And not understanding that like cautious people just need it to need it to go different. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> The weakness thing was I have learned so much with you about how a lot of what I perceive to be my strengths are actually just me being afraid of being weak and I feelings emotions those things all just felt like weakness to me and so they were things that I am not closed off to I don't think I'm I think I'm someone that processes and allows myself to have feelings, but I don't want anyone to see them. I don't want to show them. I don't want to give people power. I have a. I, don't, I can't be vulnerable. I couldn't be vulnerable in that way until you came along. And then watching you be vulnerable and you having emotions, I hold you in such high regard that all of a sudden I saw that as a strength in and of itself where before you, if someone showed a great display of emotion, I would just be thinking, get your fucking shit together. Don't show everybody this. Don't give everybody all this power. You know, kind of.
1: It just sounds like sometimes, sometimes, uh, like this just sounds like our judgment is being clouded because uh, we're being swept up in each other. Yeah. You know? <laughs> we just like each other and we're like, ah, anyone else, I would say. <laughs> that, I think that like, that's we, the
0: point of someone like you. Coming into my life and vice versa It's the point of love. It's the point of friendship It's the point of people that come in and change your life The point isn't for them to come in and be the same thing to you forever The point is for them to come in and change your mind And that's what you have done. You've come in and changed my mind if I didn't feel this way about you I wouldn't open my mind because you have opened my mind I now have opened my mind to all these other people. When I see those things in people now, I'm like, oh, how strong for them to show that. And I realize like my fear of vulnerability, other people's vulnerability is the fear of my own vulnerability.
1: I think you've opened me up a lot to the idea of love or at least this new idea the free love, you know, that what is love episode that we talked about. Yeah. that sh- I mean, that should have been what I led with of things that have changed. I mean, that's what I've spent the last, uh, six months thinking about. And it's what has helped me move on on from my divorce. It's just that idea of that open hand being like, okay, you know, I never had her this, you know, I never had control. Our paths intersected and now they've diverged. That's it. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's changed my life. And it's also now like, uh, how I, what you just said is how I feel about you. Like, I feel like, okay, I love Jessa. I love her. She's, uh, And, but I'm autonomous. I'm not, I, uh, I'm, I'm me. Like I, the, the love that I had before was just a very codependent love. And now I'm trying to love people, but by loving myself, like I just want to love myself. I don't look to other people to take care of me and I don't, uh, I'm not, I I don't want to take care of anyone else. I uh, want to love myself and uh, love you for yourself and not expect anything from you, not expect you to do anything for me. I just love you. And that's that's certainly different, certainly different than how I lived my entire previous life.
0: Yeah. I think... I've experienced that love uh, before and I think this has been uh, uh, a lot of change for me in that I'm more emotional than I've ever been in my life and I am processing a lot of stuff and so I am uh, doing the open hand thing with you in a way that. Uh, is a lot more of having to put my money where my mouth is because I'm not mm-hmm. entirely detached just naturally like I ordinarily am. And I think a lot of that comes from because you you make me soft. and Sorry. Yeah, you make me... So I just don't have all my normal like well, shields and protection up. And so it's interesting because all of the people who said everything about the open-handed love. And I was like, yeah, just fucking deal with it. Just be open-handed. And then all of a sudden I'm like, Oh God, my head wants to close. <laughs> I haven't felt this in a long time. Uh, so that's funny. Cause you're like, <laughs> that's an interesting, I hope
1: you guys savor this moment because I don't think uh, uh, it, it's going to happen very often. Yeah. <laughs> For you just heard, Jessa Reed say she, she was wrong. <laughs> I know it might not sound like that, but that's what <laughs> just you just heard. That was it.
0: Wait, I I admit when I'm wrong. It's just.
1: But we don't hear it. <laughs> you say it quietly in another room to yourself, <laughs> and then you come back out with a different attitude every day. But you don't ever say. it <laughs>
0: Because that oh. would be weakness. I'm the that fucking would worst. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly don't You're... know why anybody listens to me talk.
1: Oh, You really are. Mm-hmm. Some For some reason, they do. So come back next week and listen to her again on Mormon and the Meth Head. Mm-hmm.
0: If you put a Mormon
1: and a Meth Head together, this is what they sound like. Aaron Woodall and Listen to them talking to Mike.